Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you are with us. Lord God, you are here by your spirit. You are actively present. Thank you that you are not a distant God far off, but you're with us because we're your people. Thank you that we are united to Jesus Christ. We are in him, and we pray tonight that we would be rooted and built up in him. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. So this is the final week of anatomy of the church. Um, And we've gone through our four values, which I'm sure you can remember what they all are. We glorify God by being a relational, discipling, missional, generous church. Okay. And tonight we're thinking about unity, being united church, which could well be one of our values, but it's not. It's not because it's not important, but you've got to draw the line somewhere. Um, But this is really important, and it's a big theme in Colossians, being united church. That's what we're going to be thinking about. Now, as we th- as we think about um, our world and our society, and, and even the city of London, one of the things that characterises life are fault lines, like dividing lines between people. Whether that's on a on a small scale with your family, friends, uh, colleagues, that kind of thing. There, there are things that divide you, but also we see it on a society level. There are just dividing lines that that are like fault lines in, in our society, in our world. Um, and actually, I'll, we're going to stick some on the board. And Micah, you look like you've got beautiful handwriting, so you can be my scribe. Micah, yeah, it was you. You did hear right. Thanks, Micah. Come on. Don't be scared. It's all right. Okay, right. So um, it'd be helpful. Can you just shout out some of the fault lines, dividing lines in our culture, in our society that you see around us? And Micah's going to write them on the board. What do you think of? Religion. Yeah, religious. Yeah, religious fault lines. Oh, it's starting well, isn't it? It's not a permanent marker, is it? I'm joking, Karen. Sorry. Yep, religious. Yeah. Racial. Yeah, racial. So kind of black, white, those kind of things. Yeah. Wealth. Yeah, rich poor divides. It feels like that's something that's increasingly being exposed, especially in the city. And I just think of the Grenfell inquiry going on right now, and it's just, I think people are feeling that. Education. Yeah. Queen first or jam first? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Don't write that. (laughs) We love you, Sam. For the recording now, Sam Taylor. It's beautiful. All right, yeah, anyone else? Gender. Yeah, yeah, male, female, yeah. Yeah. Age? Mm. Political? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, so cultural differences, yeah. Great, thanks, that'll do for now. Cheers, Mike. Now, if, if these are the kind of things, and there are many more, that divide our world, and then, and that's just thinking kind of on a big scale, what, you know, if we went, 
and thought about the divisions that we have with people in our lives. Here's my question. What's to stop the church from following these divisions? What's to stop our church being any different and having any different divisions to these ones? Because we're human beings as well. So why wouldn't we bring in all of these divisions and fault lines into the church? What's to stop that? How can we be united instead of divided by all these different things? Now, to understand that, we need to get down to why we have these kind of fault lines in the first place. What, what's going on that leads to this in our world and in our personal lives? And when we've worked out what, what drives this, then we can work out, well, how can the church be different? How can we make sure we don't bring these things into the church and divide it? And it all comes down to what clothes we wear. Okay? That's the big impulse. That's the thing that drives all these divisions is, is clothes. Have a look at Colossians chapter 3, page 1184. Colossians chapter 3, page 1184. And if you're taking notes, this is our first point. Old clothes lead to division. That's, that's what's going on behind these fault lines. Old clothes lead to division. Let's read from uh, Colossians 3, verse 8. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Now, verse 8, that list, is a description of all the ways we used to live. Yep. And then verse 9 tells us that this is kind of like old clothing. Did you see that? Don't lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. So it's, it's this, lang- this language of clothing, taking off this old self language. And this old self, these old clothes came, it says, with its practices there are certain ways of living things things that we did and it's these old clothes part of the old self are what lead to this kind of division in our world so have a look at verse 8 we're going to go through these different things and i want you to notice that none of these ways of behaving in verse 8 can be done on your own okay sin is never just about you it's always impacts other people. To put it another way, sin is social. Sin is always social. It impacts people. So think about being angry. That's the first thing on the list of the old clothes. You get angry normally at someone or something that has happened to you. And then the next thing in the list you get is rage, which is kind of like the anger that spills out. So what do you do when you're totally overflowing with anger or it spills out in rage and you you, you, you spill out in rage at someone. You shout at them, you hit them, or if there's not a person to hit, you hit a thing. Like rage, that's what it does. So the old clothes with anger and rage, can you see then how that fills so many of these things? Fuels so many of these divisions. Anger <coughs> and rage. Sin is social. 
Next on the list, malice. Malice is the desire to hurt someone, having ill will towards somebody. And again, you can't have malice on your own in isolation. It, It is always directed at other people and relationships. So whether it's malice and ill will towards someone in your family or friends who betrayed you or ill will towards another class, which can work both ways, by the way, having ill will to people who are richer than you or poorer than you or different class in either direction. Ill will towards another race, racism. Ill will towards someone of another political allegiance. Ill will towards someone who's genuinely wronged you. That's, that's malice. Malice says, I don't want good for you. In fact, I would be quite happy if it all went wrong for you. Now, do you see how malice fuels so many of these fractured fault lines in our world? Where you look at someone who's culturally differently different or has more money than you or is from a different is a different gender or whatever, you you want ill will for them. That's malice. But we experience it personally as well. Next one on the list, slander. These are the old clothes, remember. Again, slander is a social sin. You might slag someone off to their face, you might slag someone off behind their back. You might use rude words when you say it, or you might do it with a kind of polite veneer of character assassination. It's slander. You know, where you say something about them which is going to take them down a peg or two in everybody else's eyes. I'm sure you experienced that at work and stuff like that. Slander fractures relationships. Next on the list of these old clothes and its practices. Filthy language. I wonder if this one gets a bit of a free pass amongst us as Christians. Whenever you speak filthy language, again, it's never just about you. It's actually a very social sin. Because someone else has to listen to your filthy language. Like It's, it's audible. It's like getting dirt and putting it in someone's ear. Filthy language demeans people. It enforces upon them these words that you're saying. It's very social. Verse 9, don't lie to each other. Another way of thinking about lying is truth-stealing. Truth-stealing. You're, you're taking away their opportunity to hear what's real and hear what's true. What a way to treat another human being. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withhold reality and truth from you. I'm going to give you something different. Now, this is a description of our old clothes, our old self, before we became Christians and came to Christ. These things, these practices just had their way in our lives without the restriction and the transformation of Christ, which we'll come on to. So why do we have in our society and in our relationships these fault lines? Because of the old self with these attitudes of social sins that affect others and break down relationships. Now think then what will happen if we bring these old clothes into the church. It'll be a place that's no different to the world. It'll be a place of all of these same old fractured fault lines, but we'll slap Jesus on it and religion and stuff. But it'll be exactly the same inside if we bring in the old clothes. These old clothes, they lead to division. Now, wouldn't it be amazing if the church was different? One incredible thing would be if there was one place in the world where it could be different to all this. One place where men and women, black, white, rich, poor, could come together and have real unity. Well, Paul says that's the church. The place where this is possible, this unity is possible, is the church. And and actually, he talks about it in this way. The place 
is in the new self. Okay, the place where this is possible is this new self. So our first point was that the old clothes clothes lead to division. Second point, if you're taking notes, new clothes lead to unity. New clothes lead to unity. We see this in verse 9. Do not lie to each other. Why not? Here's the reason. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator here, it's like place language, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcision or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and is in all. So the place where there's no division, but there's unity in verse 11 is this here. Paul says here is unity. Where's here? Here refers to the new self in verse 10. Okay, You put on this new self and then verse 11, here in this new self, there's no division, which is an odd way of talking. See, what the way Paul sees things is not that you and I all have our little individual Christian lives where we all put on our new selves. This is not individual language. He's not telling us as individuals that if we all individually change, then we'll be really nice to each other in the church. Paul actually has a very church-wide vision. And I'm going to illustrate this. And I need two... I'm not going to pick on you this time. I need two volunteers. Two volunteers, please. Yeah, they need to be two men, actually, because you're going to get cuddly. Or two... No, two men if you go, because I'm going to wrap around you. Okay, I'm going to pick on you. You and... Lovely. And Alex, since they're sitting next to each other. Brilliant. I'm going to demonstrate. You need to stand shoulder to shoulder uh, next to me, otherwise you're going to get in the way. Looking uh, facing them, yeah, that's lovely. Beautiful, right. Can you hold that? Lovely. All right. So the new clothes... You guys, are, you guys are wide. <laughs> Seriously. Me and Vicky did this. 